0: Hello, everyone, to the Write or Die Show. I am your host, Randy Lee Boslaw. On today's episode, I'm going to be talking to Christina Rienzi. Welcome, Christina. Super excited to have you on the show. I'm so
1: excited to be here. I can't wait to chat with you today.
0: I mean, we've already been chatting, so (laughs) we had some technical difficulties (laughs) before we got to actually start recording. And it's a little bit of a funny story, so I'm going to share it with everybody. So, well, to be honest, I lost track of time because I was really trying to get my eyeshadow to match. I was just working really hard. Until <laughs> so then, I go, oh crap, and I run and get my computer. But then, of course, my computer decides that it needs to update and clean and do all this other stuff that another doesn't ever do. So I'm like, oh no. So I log on to my phone. So me and Christina we were just chatting on my phone, waiting for the computer to load up so we can start and talking about coffee and talking about movies. and. Mm-hmm.
1: And we already learned a lesson. We learned let it go because you can't control it. Just let it go. That's right. It's not easy, but we learned and we even sang the song a little. So that was fun. (laughs)
0: Exactly. It was great. So now that everybody's up to date with what we've already done, tell everybody a little bit about who you are.
1: Sure. So uh, my name is Christina Rienzi. I am uh, in short an author and a coach. Uh, My goals in life are to inspire and empower others and also entertain people with my fiction. I do write thrillers. I'm also writing self-help. I have my background, master's degree in counseling psychology. I also, I have, like I said, I have my coaching certification. And um, yeah, I'm just, I'm all about adding value and hoping that whatever you read of mine, be it fiction or nonfiction, it inspires and empowers. It gives you a little hope and helps you, what I like to say, embrace the unknown and kind of conquer your fears. And yeah, so that's that's a hard thing for me and why I try to do it through my fiction. And I just hope to, you know, somebody gets out of that as well. I
0: need a sign that says embrace the unknown yeah I'm writing it down I'm writing it
1: down it. that yeah. has always been my thing in fiction and then I realized it's also my thing in nonfiction. it's also my thing in life and that's where it kind of came from yeah
0: stealing it I'm gonna make you it are who we are. steal it go steal away <laughs> excellent um and so that's that's like what you do but who are you
1: Am I? Oh, wow. Um, Interesting. Yeah, no, so I am... I am someone who is, you know, has had a really hard time in life with being afraid. I've really grown up being afraid I'm, and really not the way that like I was raised or anything like that. I just, I don't know if it was innately and probably part biological. And I know this is a mental health um, conversation we're going to have. So I think part of it is the biological and, and the life events that kind of pushed me down the road of fear. But yeah, I had, I kind of grew up being afraid of everything. I was a real rule follower, um, a really good, like I liked an introvert um i really like to be alone i like get my energy from being alone i do enjoy socializing but it takes a lot of energy out of me that's the difference between an introvert and an extrovert is where do you get your energy from i get mine from being alone from writing from just downtime sitting in the yard things like that so yeah i'm an introvert i'm a mom a new mom um to a little girl who i'm learning all about life that way and children teach you a lot more than you teach them quite honestly oh yeah Um, I'm a perpetual work in progress. I'm always trying to learn and grow and change. And I'm also human, which means I make mistakes. I fall off the wagon. I I have all the emotions like every other human. And I am just trying to learn how to honor them and to be a good person and to show up in life the way I wanna show up. And hopefully along the way, I'm there to inspire and empower others. And um, all that fear-based stuff where I kind of really am afraid of a lot of things, I push myself to um, embrace life, embrace the unknown, and understand those fears so they don't take over my life and take control of, of my life.
0: I love that. And that's the the perfect segue into our mental health conversation. So being scared of everything, that's, that's anxiety, right? Yes.
1: Yes. Mm -hmm.
0: When did you notice that that was such a big part of your life?
1: So it's funny. I never, I was always somebody as a child, I was an only child and I had a very loving parents. I have no complaints you know, I'm sure there's some childhood trauma in there like we all have, but there's nothing big to, to point out, except I noticed because I was an only child that I was like a problem solver. So if something would come up in the home, I was like, I wanted to help. I was a helper. I was always a helper. I think that's why I went in the profession of, um, you know, into counseling and also um, eventually coaching. But um, yeah, I noticed that um, not being able to control the outcome gave me a lot of anxiety because I realized no matter what I did sometimes you have no control over what happens and that felt like um that was kind of a fear of mine of not being able to like do what I intended to do also being in mental health and being very um eager to help others I realized because initially when I worked in mental health I was a therapist and I worked with chronically mentally ill and unfortunately um, the population that I worked with you know it was I was really there to help them live the best life they could live and to be there to support them. But there was not, I wasn't curing them. And yeah. that for me was very upsetting and disturbing. And I felt so much, I've, I consider myself an empath and also a highly sensitive person. And I felt, I internalized that a lot. Um, and also being around people who I cared for as a counselor, but also um, was trying to help. And it wasn't their fault that they, couldn't um you know some of the things that they needed to do to to live a good life the life that make that would make them happy was very difficult for them and i guess i was just too young and inexperienced in life to truly grasp that and i took it as a personal like failure and also internalized it so what happened was because of all those things i think by the way, I think when you have a mental health condition, there is a predisposition biologically, and I believe that. Um, and I think that that's what science has proved. But then there's a trigger, right? Like a stressful event in your life yeah. that triggers it. I believe working in mental health triggered it for me. I remember very clearly saying to a colleague of mine, who I'm still friends with to this day, that we are only one stressor away from sitting on the other side of this table.
0: Like I've heard that before. Well, So I was in social services, employment counseling for... Six years, and that, yeah, that was kind of a saying that that way, and I
1: was, yeah, and it's, and it was scared me, you know, and um, and actually trying to help and internalizing and all those things that I couldn't, I really, and you do have a like a supervisor in counseling, which basically is like a therapist for you. You know, you have somebody helping you. Um, Which is good, important. Which is great, but I think it was just, um, you know, and I was also the kind of person that did multiple things at one time. Like I was in graduate school, I was working three jobs. I was like a driven, I always have been a very driven, passionate person, but I always, and I was a workaholic. So I took too much on. So anyway, all of those culminated in a massive panic attack where I thought I didn't see the signs before, even though I was in the profession, this is the crazy part, right? You don't see the signs, you're not paying attention because you're in it.
0: Yeah, and And it's so much easier to see outside than to see inside.
1: Even though you're trained to do that, it doesn't matter, you are, there is something to be said for um, someone else you know, helping, we all need each other is the bottom line. So I didn't see it. I had a massive panic. I didn't know what was happening. I literally thought I was dying. I thought I was having a stroke. It was so intense that i remember when i was young you know i was in my you know mid-20s at the time and i remember like i lived at home with my parents because i was in you know working and in grad school and all these things going on and i remember like waking my mom up at like three in the morning and saying like i think i'm having a stroke i can't feel my body like i'm numb i'm tingling i my heart is in, i'm in pain my chest hurts i all of the things my um the first started happening was my lips and my tongue went numb. And I got, and I freaked out and it started a whole thing. Okay. So my mother panics, you know, takes me to the hospital and I they're like, there's literally nothing physically wrong with you. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. What do you mean? They're like, you're having a panic attack and you are, um, It's called hyperventilation syndrome, where you don't even realize that when you have anxiety that you're losing oxygen in your blood and you start to hyperventilate. But it's not hyperventilating like you know what that looks like. It's body. You don't do that. You're just sitting there. And all of a sudden, things start going numb and tingling. Very scary. Um, Anyway, so that kind of opened my eyes to I have to slow down. I have to pay attention. Now that I've had one of these things, I'm prone to them. Like now I'm, and I'm just saying that because that's exactly what happened. Over the course of the next few years, while I was in grad school, I was still pushing myself because, you know, I was stubborn and like, I have to, you know, get a 4.0. And I, all of these things that were not necessary for me pushed me um, to have more of them. They were never, ever, ever knock on wood, bad, that bad again, but I had them and I knew what they were. And I would get them often when I was driving because I was calm and relaxed. And I think when your body relaxes, you those things come out. In other words, yeah. if you don't deal with what you need to deal with in life, it, your body's going to tell you all about it. Yeah. And so I, I would get nervous. Part of anxiety, having a panic attack and um, panic disorder, is that you fear your panic attacks coming on. So you have them, and you're like, "This is horrible. This is terrifying." And then it's gone, and you have a fear of it coming back. When is it going to come back? Am I going to be alone? Am I going to be driving? Am but I now gonna- you
0: have double the things to worry about because you're worrying yeah. about all the regular stuff, and then you're yes. worrying about. The panic
1: attack. Having a panic attack. And then also the aftermath of that, or is it really a panic attack or am I dying? Am I having a heart attack? Because the thing about anxiety, and I guess uh, many mental, mental illnesses is that you, in the moment when you're experiencing an event, you aren't able to most oftentimes identify that you're experiencing that event. Your, your brain kind of, that part of your brain kind of shuts off. And all of a sudden it's, am I having a heart attack? You assume it's not anxiety. Am I having Ooh. a heart attack? Am I having a stroke? What's wrong? To this day, I don't get them often. But if I get, I now it doesn't get to the point of a panic attack. But I will get anxiety. Actually, I have had a panic attack recently. But we'll get to the point of anxiety, um, where it start. I start to feel it. I try to catch myself in the beginning and say, "This is just anxiety. It's okay. Let it ride out. It's going to be like fifteen and twenty minutes. It's going to fly through you. We'll deal with it later." If I don't catch it, it is my mind starts to and inter, in, interpret things completely differently than reality. And I need a partner, like my husband, thank God, you know, my dad, under, I have people in my life who have had anxiety and understand okay. and kind of go it's anxiety. And I'm like, just talk me out of this. Cause I feel like I'm having a stroke. I feel like I'm having a heart attack. I know it's anxiety, but my body isn't responding. So it is a real thing. It is a real thing. And it is, um, I know people, a lot of times will say things like I'm having a panic attack or, um, I have anxiety and anxiety everybody has like everybody can yeah. it's a feeling right but a panic attack isn't just like i am really worried and freaking out it's a physiological reaction to an overwhelming amount of stress and fear yeah. and it's a sudden onset of literal terror where you have impending doom bottom line yeah. and that's what a real panic attack is and if you have one you're not going to know it that's what it is at first you're saying, you're going to think you're dying And once you realize you're not, and you recognize it, there's work to be done. I mean, there is work to be done.
0: Yeah. So I actually, in my family, there's two people that I know of that have had panic attacks. So when I was a teenager, my brother had a panic attack. We didn't, like I said, we didn't know what it was. So my brother was probably 18, 19. I would have been 14, 15. And it was just him and I home. My, my mom was at work, stepdad was at work. And my brother starts freaking out. He's like, my chest, like, I can't, I can't breathe. It hurts. And like, I think I'm having a heart attack. He actually, he called 911. Sure, so, that's what you do. Because he had no idea what was going
1: on. And you should do that because what if you are having a heart attack? And that's exactly where, that's where the cycle begins.
0: Exactly. So they came, found out, you know, it's a panic attack. And so great, we know what it is. And then uh, the other person that I know is actually my son. Um, so he, and this is, people don't like to believe me when I say this, but he had his first panic attack when he was five years old. It could happen. Yeah. But people don't want to believe that kids have those kind of issues, right? Yeah. But they do. So I remember, again, five years old, and he's like, Mommy, my chest. My chest hurts so much. Why does it hurt? And I'm like, "You're five. Why? Why does you chest her? Are you having like what is wrong with you? You're five. So we take him to the hospital. They do the what's it called the EKG thing. Um, again, like there's nothing physically wrong with you. So then, and there was no diagnosis at the time, whatever and it happened again and again like my son has had a lot of panic attacks over the years so once we did realize that it was panic attacks linked to an anxiety disorder now like you said when he starts doing that he's got me his dad other people around going it's anxiety you're you're okay it's anxiety let's do you know a breathing technique or whatever Mm -hmm. coping mechanism is going to work for you but that's that's exactly it and as a parent it's Scary.
1: oh I can't imagine seeing my daughter I can imagine you know I I can and I can't because I've been through it but yes I'm sure it was terrifying I'm yeah, sure it was but, terrifying and you don't well, you want to
0: take it away from them yeah it's so any kind of pain yeah. just be aware that if somebody is saying that don't minimize it it's, it's not this small little ouchy boo-boo you can kiss away
1: <laughs> for sure
0: it's real physical pain and I've never had one myself but from seeing how many my son has had and listening to him talk about them and, you know, being all those hospital trips to just yeah. make sure he's okay. Yeah, it's, sure. it's a very serious mental illness.
1: Yes. And it's something that, you know, like I said, any, anybody can have, you know, anxiety and there is a difference between just, you know, anxiety and, and having a full-blown panic attack. But the, the idea behind anxiety is the same. And I think we can, we can, the best thing we can do as human beings, when we're trying to be there for somebody who is having an experience in life that we've never had, and this goes for everything, is empathy. Relate to the emotion of it, Um, Be there for them, listen, comfort, um, be, you know, that's what you can do. You may never have had this same experience, but you can say, I'm here for you. How can I help? What can I, you know, here I am like, look, talk to me, you know, um, I have friends who have them and I, you know, we call each other and I'll, and I'll be immediate. I'm having a panic attack. Okay. Let's talk, talk to me. Let's yeah. you know, And I try, and what does help is distraction. We try to distract each other. And if we can't, we allow each other to say what's on our mind. Mo- it's okay. We're there for each other. Um, we, you know, we understand. And I think having people who specifically understand your mental health issues um, or things that you're struggling with is so important because you, those are the people that, you know in those situations you can count on. Um, and even someone who doesn't understand but loves you and is there for you. And I think the best thing we can do as human beings is really just try to empathize and understand each other. We don't have to have been in the same shoes that you were in, but we know you're human, we're human. You feel pain, I feel pain, you feel fear, I feel fear. Like fear is fear. Um, let's connect on, on the, on the emotion of it and have empathy and be there. And, uh, you know, and that is so, I know for somebody who's been there for others and someone who's needed someone to be there for them, that's all that matters is knowing that you can't fix what's happening to me, but you can be there for me. You can hold my hand. You can distract me. You can, you know, just sit with me. And, you know, most of the time, at least for a panic attack within 20 minutes or so, it's gone. Um, you know, some people have them longer, some people have them more often. And if, you, if someone is having them all the time, persistent, um, you know, and it's, and it's regular, that's different. That's more like a general anxiety disorder and that obviously you need to go to the doctor and all of those things too. But, um, and many people struggle with that and that is lifelong as well. Um, but certainly during a, a real um, sudden onset panic attack, being there for the person. And just, again, if you've never had it before and you're not sure, it's like calling nine one one makes sense because um, you don't know. And um, yeah, and I think for me, for someone who experiences these things, and I have had them very, very infrequently, and I actually, because of I work really hard on myself and I try to educate myself and I try so hard, even though it's going to happen anyway, because it's my body or my brain that I can't control all the time, right? Um, I do have them less. And when I have them, I know why it's like, Oh, because this happened and I'm worried about this in the back of my mind. And that makes sense, but it's still there. And it's still yeah. wake, sometimes wakes you up in the middle of the night. I mean, you wake up at three in the morning with chest pains, you're scared. Yeah. Um, and it could be, and it, and most of the time, you know, it could be anxiety, but you don't, you don't want to, ever I a chance. you never want to a chance.
0: had an aha moment. So my mom, when I was younger, my brother was going through all the bad stuff he was going through. My mom used to have chest pains all the time, but she never took care of herself like for that because she was so busy taking care of my brother and stuff that was going on. I bet you my mom was having panic attacks.
1: Yeah, like so a chest pain like it's like a sharp, and I have, everybody has different symptoms of of panic or even anxiety. Like it's gonna come on. It's a sharp pain to your chest. Like yeah. step. So, yeah. I stabbing that- into your chest and obviously i couldn't you know i don't know if she I, i'm not a doctor so i don't know if it was a medical thing or maybe you know sometimes caffeine does that too but for yeah. sure and i've talked to many people about this when you have the chest pain when it comes to anxiety it's a sharp stabbing like a knife like a sharp pain
0: yeah.
1: and it's I very she was kind of pain yeah and, and it, it makes
0: sense with everything that was going on in of my course. household at the time it totally makes and
1: sense. she's holding the weight of the world on her shoulders and you know as a mom what moms carry emotionally, psychologically, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, emotionally for their, you know, children and themselves. And yeah. yeah, we internalize a lot of things. And, um, that's why it's so important to talk about this stuff. Cause it is real. It is normal. Um, and I think normalizing, you know, talking about mental health is really important because, um, you know, it's not, um, just about, you know, the most extreme of cases, which there are. It's about the everyday, the everyday dealing with life. When you've got some people who look like they have it all together, you never underestimate what someone is going through. And it's because we're human, we're going to go through things and nobody's perfect. Um, Nobody is, you know, so I think talking about it, sharing it, making it normal, we can all benefit from that.
0: Yeah. I love that. So now let's talk about some of the ways that you learned to deal with your panic attacks, your anxiety, or what coping mechanisms that you really found work for you. Yeah. <clears throat> so for me,
1: <clears throat> there were so many things in the very beginning when it was severe and hyperventilation syndrome was out of control. That was the scariest thing when my face would go numb. I did not like that at all. That scared me. That doesn't happen anymore. I maybe a little little bit but really not like my whole entire face going numb. That was terrifying. Um I had to literally use a bag and breathe into a bag. Like it was that bad. Um over time, you know, I um oh, self-awareness, I, you know, I do I, ha- I as a coach, I have a coach. Um I went through coaching school. I've educated myself. I keep my I try to be there, you know, be as a human um there for others and try to Um, empower, inspire, like I said, others through my writing, but that helps me to make sure that I'm taking care of myself is the number one thing. So take care of yourself, whatever that looks like, make sure you're getting the time and space you need to um, de-stress, whether it's sitting outside for five minutes, going for a walk, talking to a friend, that's preventative, right? Eating, sleeping, all that stuff. Listen, we're not going to do it all the time, but like, you know, if you find yourself frazzled, like stop and just go like, what am I not getting? Am I not getting, am I hungry? Am I tired? Like, do I need to walk away from my computer? Do I need to put social media on hold? I've, I've gone dropped off social media so many times just because I needed a break. It's okay. When it's happening for me, what works best is just one, number one, distracting myself. First, recognizing, let me rewind. Recognizing it is anxiety. Yes. So I talk to myself, it's just anxiety. It's okay. You're not having a heart attack. And then I will check in Thank God for my husband. This is how I'm feeling. It's anxiety, right? Like it, yes. I'm not having a heart attack. No, I'm not having a stroke. No. It's anxiety. Okay. It's like thank you. I need validation. And then I talk to myself. It's just anxiety. This is why you're having it, whatever. It's still there. Not, it's not gone. Yeah. And then I distract myself. I, you know, I go on social media, I'll watch something on TV. If you know, if it's at night um, and everyone's sleeping and I need like that time, or I'll go for a walk, or I'll call a friend. For me the fastest way out of a panic attack or at least to get it to de-escalate is conversation with somebody else because all of a sudden my brain is on you and not me. Oh. And what happens with anxiety is you're so focused on what's happening to you and you're inward that you're analyzing everything and it becomes overwhelming and it and it feeds the anxiety and makes it stronger. You don't realize that's what's happening, but it's like an automatic thing. You're just like, oh my god, I, this is at my arm, or I have a sharp pain in my chest. I'm... So my fastest way out always has been a phone call. Like when I used to happen when I was younger, I would call my mom. I would call, you know, now I'll call a friend. I'll call. Um, You know, my husband, I'll call, even my dad, he gets it. You know, we're all kind of, I'll call a family, I'll call a friend, I'll call someone. And just having a conversation, even if, and I'm literally most of the time I'll say, I'm calling, I'm having a panic attack. I'm having severe anxiety. Like, just talk to me, like, just how was your day? Like, just kind of like start a conversation with me. And then before I know it, I'm focused on them. I may still be having like the residuals cause it takes a little while for your body to kind of, it's like a fight or flight. It takes a while for your body yeah. to slow down, but I'm not suffering because I'm not paying attention to it. Um, that's why they say like, find five things that are orange or count yeah. five, whatever the different methods are. It's distraction. It is not easy to do, but yeah, I think get a buddy. I would say get a buddy, a friend, a family member who gets it. And have a month speed dial and just say, listen, I, can you be my person that I call when I'm having an anxiety attack? I need to talk, um, and see if it works for you. It might not work for you. Um, it might be going for a walk, sitting out inside, you know, listening to a music, reading a book, like watching a show. It might be having a nap. Yeah, it's mine. I go for a nap. If you can calm yourself down enough to sleep. Absolutely. Um, and I think it's whatever works for you to make yourself not pay attention to it um so yeah for sure I mean I think it's like just try all these different things and see yeah. what works but for me it's people people help yeah. people and I that's what i is my people.
0: I love how you're like find your people because so we have got do- well we've got cats too but we've got dogs and so it's always um dogs help too and cats they know yeah. oh yeah know. yes we'll always I be know. like oh <clears throat> though so the one dog is actually my son's service dog um and so when he is upset and Freddie the dog goes over to him and my son be like oh just leave me alone I'm like he's not gonna leave you alone because you're his people
1: yeah that you're absolutely right and I forgot about animal people I'm an animal per. I have dogs I've had cats and I love my my babies my fur babies and yes animals will automatically sense something's not right usually um and they'll be there for you and if you just need to kind of pay attention to them definitely animals are healers for sure yeah
0: yeah freddie decided i was his people when my brother died and he did not leave my side he was like right there with Uh me he just knew that you know mom needed some love
1: (laughs) oh they're like little little
0: intuitive
1: you know beings
0: i know it was just awesome when you don't even know you need them they know you need them.
1: They so know. They know. They're so sweet.
0: Awesome. So thank you so much for sharing all of that. Those were some really awesome, insightful tips. Now let's talk about where people can find your books.
1: And- sure. So um my website is where I live. I live at my, in my home on the web is my website, Um, And so if you go there, you'll find my newsletter, which um, it's a biweekly, you know, I send a biweekly email, inspirational email just about getting through life and hopefully it kind of brightens your day or helps you get through something. Um, And uh, also all of my books are, there are links to my books to all the retailers on my website. I'm on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and all the other Places where you can buy books um and i'm also on audible i have two audiobooks, among us um which is a, a government conspiracy thriller sci-fi thriller and i also have winter road which is a um and so yeah it um and it's a holiday thriller i call it also because it takes place over the holidays so yeah i have two Wait, what, what
0: was that one called
1: so, so it's Among Us and Winter Road. They're both audio books. Um, I
0: love audio books and I was little... just looking for a new one. So I'm all right there.
1: Yeah. Check them out. See which, which floats your boat. You know, I always tell people if it's something you like to read, you know, try it. Maybe, you know, all my, all of my other books are and paperback and all that. And I want to get everything into audio, but I'm starting, um, audio is my favorite, um, you know, medium for reading these days because I really love to enjoy the you know the for me it's about the picture in your head and it's um the experience and I just really truly enjoy audio
0: yeah and I love it because I'll listen to it while I walk my dogs or if I have to drive a a long distance or something it's just nice to have something different to listen to I love audio I've been trying trying and failing (laughs) But I'm still trying to get my to get my books into audible and I had recorded all the chapters and but then I find out that only two out of the eight chapters I recorded were up to par yeah. for audible and I'm like damn it yeah. now I gotta learn how to
1: they very other stuff I know and I was lucky enough to have one of my among us went through um ACX University it was a teaching it was a tool that was used to teach other authors Oh, do, nice! Uh, yeah. So I was very lucky that they, we did a video series and everything that they sourced my narrator, which was awesome. Um, I have a really great narrator for that, and then <clears throat> the person who helped with the the video part of ACX is also a narrator for Orville, Um and I used Chris Shula for Winter Road and Lewis Arlt for Among Us, both amazing, fantastic narrators. Um, but I was lucky for that because I, I am doing nonfiction now, and I'm wondering, should I? Um, do my own nonfiction audio, which makes sense. It totally makes sense. Well, that's
0: what mine is. It's nonfiction, like it's my story. So I want to read it.
1: Definitely. And so, yeah, now I'm like wondering, yeah, we'll have to talk offline about that and what (laughs) can be done because I'm like, I want to do the right thing and have it, have it get accepted. But yeah, it's, um, I also want to mention that in in terms of finding me, I would love to connect on everybody. Like I love Instagram. I'm on there. I post, you know, inspirational messages. I do videos. I do my interviews go on there. So anyone that's on Instagram, you know, Christina Rianzi is my, my, um, Yes,
0: yeah. so I was going to say, where can people follow you? Any other places, or pretty much Instagram,
1: Yeah, I, I hang out on Facebook sometimes, but mostly Instagram. That's kind of where I where I plan to do, you know, any videos or anything for the future will be there. So
0: okay, awesome. And we will of course have those links in the description below, so that you can very easily find Christina, give her a follow, get a hold of her books, whether it's the paperback or the audio. I personally am going to go with the audio version. <laughs> because like I said, I've been looking for a new one to listen to. So perfect.
1: And one more thing I want to add, just yes. because I forgot and I always forget, I'm a terrible promoter of myself. But I am finishing up my nonfiction called Be Happy Now and it's a book on happiness and five um just simple steps to happiness on demand. And so that should be coming out hopefully in the fall. But if you are an email subscriber, or newsletter subscriber of mine, I will give you the e-book free first. So that's important if you want that, um, to get that. So there's always, you know, even though there's the thrillers, there's the, the help. So you know, I'm, I'm here to help you embrace the unknown in all the ways.
0: Love all of that. So thank you, Christina, so much for being on the show.
1: Thank you for having me. It was so much fun talking with you. Truly a pleasure.
0: Well, that was so much fun. And that was a pretty big aha moment I had. Maybe I'll have to inform my mother of that. See what she see what she says. I don't, I don't think she'll believe me, to be honest. But we'll see. <laughs> um, if you are part of our Patreon, then we will have some behind the scenes footage of a conversation that me and Christina continue to have after the interview. So you can go on over there and check that out when it gets posted. As well, be sure to hit that like and subscribe button here at the channel. Show us some love. Share this message out. People are always asking me, let me know what I can do to help. Share the channel. By sharing the channel, you are sharing all of this important information and you are helping to show that you support mental health. So that is the biggest thing that you can do. Um, Of course, if you want to show support in other ways, like I said, the Patreon page and the merch store. Because... Uh, 10% of the proceeds does go back to the Canadian Mental Health Association or Addiction um, Services if you buy from our special line. And remember, the only way to end the stigma of mental health is to speak openly and honestly. Bye!